And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Donna Dort. Donna Dort. Donna Dort. This is Lee Dort and I'm Donna Dunk. This is Lee Dort and I'm Donna Dort. I'm Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku, and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these. I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most of them. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlacht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me on Friday, it's later. Taylor can't join. Elman's on a phone call. I've got Jay. It's Jay. <laughs> it is Jay. <laughs> well, it's so for those of you that don't live here in Oklahoma, so today it's March 11th mm-hmm. and we woke up to like, I bet it gets over three inches of snow yeah, on the ground insane. here, which is very abnormal for us. And so this morning we, I'm just going to bent for a second since it's just you and me. <laughs> so last night we had a, uh, we always have a text message that says pod question mark. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And, you know, I'd been watching the forecast cause I have a son that's in, school and so virtual day snow day anyway so i knew that we would be in probably for a snow day and then i get up literally wake up at five get in my car and i'm about five minutes away from my house and then luke luke sends a text that says uh it's really snowy outside i'm not coming (laughs) you were in your car i didn't know in my car i didn't know that you were on your way Yes, man. That's why I was so mad. So, and then I look like a crazy person on YouTube. I'm going to hopefully get my haircut here in a bit. Haircut. And uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to put all the product in it to make me. So I'll just do this. Apparently, <laughs> it's a good thing to do. Yeah, man. And a good reason you, to Andrew? subscribe. What's up, man? Well, that's a good reason to subscribe to our YouTube channel right now is to see you Jay's should. hair. Um, I'm good. It's it is wild. It's the two year anniversary of the Rudy Gobert has COVID stop the game. Do not let them play basketball day. Two years. It feels yeah, like, it feels it, like four. It does. And things feel more hopeful today. I think than a while, man, I appreciated, I think it was before uh, the Monday podcast, man, just recognizing yeah. like there is a lot oh of gosh. heaviness going on yeah. in our world. And so just mindfulness to that. But I think that there are also these pockets for hope. That isn't always just because we want to live naively to the realities of the world. And one of the things is like, at least here in Oklahoma, uh, this pandemic is in in one of the most uh, substantial retreats since those two years. And so yep. uh, anyway, but it was one of those things where 
you know, like I'll never forget where I was. Yeah. So were you in the arena that night or were you home? I was at home. My wife was not my wife. My wasn't feeling good. So I stayed home. I'm glad I did because the people that were at the arena were there forever. <laughs> All night. <laughs> yeah. That was it was just I just I couldn't believe it. I was sitting there watching on TV and I was like, what are they why aren't they tipping the ball? What's going on here? Uh yeah. And I had just started at the athletic two days prior. And I got to cover like two days of basketball. And, and then, then the whole world, like, then it all shut it's down. It's one of the things that was crazy is we didn't have sports for five months. Yeah. And it was one of those things where, you know, I listened to a ton of sports podcasts. And so it's like everybody, it's, you want to talk about like a prolonged desert. It's like, what else could they talk about? Yeah, like the constantly the same exact things. And so, yeah. Um, you know, I, gosh, I don't know. It's crazy. Two years. Two years. Two it does years. feel like it was forever and just a few days ago. Yeah. You know, but we're here. We're healthy. And I know not everybody gets to say those things. And yep. so there's a, a at least a spirit of gratitude we get to kind of move forward with. And so, yeah, for sure. And there's tons of sports on, like literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's, I'm, I don't know. Do you watch? I know you do a lot of draft stuff. And mm-hmm. with OSU's ridiculous postseason suspension. Yeah. But I watched a, probably the most college basketball I've watched all season last year or last night when I watched the Baylor OU game and OU won, which that was, was great. cool. Yeah. Baylor's good. Yeah. Baylor's really good. Yeah. It, well, and OU is just like, I've watched off and on all season and pay attention to box scores. College basketball is just really hard to watch, man. Yeah. Like just is. full disclosure. Yeah. I tried to watch that Duke North Carolina game, the last coach K game. And I was just like, <laughs> even with Duke's got what three guys that are top, 25 top 30 first round draft picks they've got three guys that will go in the top 15 or 16 probably yeah and it's still really hard to watch so yeah i watch i don't watch full games typically i'm usually just watching like synergy clips of where of guys where you can just zero in on one guy Uh, right so yeah which is i (laughs) this is years ago but i mentioned like maybe i should get a synergy account and you're like it's really expensive. It's like a billion dollars. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I would not have one if not for the athletic. It's already hard to justify like most of the time or energy I spend towards basketball. Like, yeah. and then to add like financial. Like, I've never, I haven't gotten to the point where I've started to ask like for presents. Hey, for my Christmas presents, can can I get league pass for the year? <laughs> you know. But it's like, anyway. Yeah, but. Natalie, is it okay if I drop fifteen hundred dollars on synergy? <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't quite work that way. Yeah, that would not but, that would not be cool. Uh, you know, did it's also go ahead. I know you're trying to lead us somewhere. I was just going to say that you know. all jinxed you you all jinxed SGA badly. Yeah, I actually went back and watched all of his possessions again this morning just to see like what's going on. And it's his rhythm was just a little bit off. I mean, that's just a lot of it because they weren't they were defending him well. They defended him the same way they defended him the last time. It just worked this time. And, I mean, there were a lot of shots that just, like, went in and out. It was just not his night. And he just wasn't playing with, like, the same pop that he had been. I don't know if – I mean, you could be tired on the second night of a back-to-back. That's possible. (laughs) You You could also be tired for being the only legitimate basketball player on the floor for your team for (sighs) two weeks straight. Yeah. 
speaking of that, the Thunder have fallen to 15th in defense. Um, Perfect. And they are still the worst offense in the league by a not an insignificant margin. They are 28th in net rating. I was looking at the defense to just like the last oh let's let's put the last seven games which i they're 29th in net rating they are 29th in defense in the last seven games they are 28th in offense but that's only because the blazers and the magic have been pretty bad the blazers have a 97 offensive rating in the last seven games Oh, trivia. Trivia for you. Now, oh, for me? For you. Who has the number one defense in the last seven games? Man, that's a great question. So the obvious one to me is the one that it's not going to be. So that's why I'm like trying to think harder than it probably should be. Yeah. Best defense in the last seven games. Man. You're not going to get it. I know. Okay. So now I'm like the Pistons. You're close. And just that it's a really horrible team. It's the Orlando Magic. Oh, okay. They actually have the seventh best defense in the last 15 games. So there's there's something. I don't even know who's on there. Like, I don't know who plays for them. So you've got Suggs, uh, Wagner. Is Markel Fultz back? The other Wagner. Yeah. Fultz is Mo back. Mo Wagner. Are they? They're brothers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure, you know, you never know. Uh, there's They're bridges brothers. in the family just that are not brothers. Two random guys with the last name Wagner that you pronounce <laughs> Wagner. Are they brothers? Two German Wagners. Uh, and then you've got... Wendell Carter. Okay. Your guy, then, Cole Anthony. Oh, man. Bamba. Is Bamba starting? Yeah. Is Jonathan Isaac just out all season, I assume? I mean, at this point, there's, what, 18 games left, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you'd assume so. Yeah, we haven't seen him at all. Yeah, Alex Bolgerjack. Just sad. Bolgerjack, excuse me. He said the Celtics. That's who I was going to guess, but it was too easy. That's who I thought it was going to be. Yeah, they've fallen off a little bit. But yeah, it's just weird. Did you watch and that Nets game last night? I did. That was wild. <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> like it's it had a familiar taste to it, you know, as an OKC fan seeing <laughs> seeing Kevin Durant come into a hostile environment and just dominate. We've seen that well, before. and James Harden just disappearing also had a very familiar it did. feel. Yeah, it did. Uh, ben Simmons just not playing at all had a familiar feel familiar. too. <laughs> That's just, the truth. Kyrie really, playing not very familiar. Yeah, true. Yeah, he looked great too in the parts that I watched. He's been awesome lately. It was such a beatdown. I switched over to college basketball. <laughs> I was like, this is real bad. <laughs> Yeah. And Tobias Harris, man. Like, yeah, man. You can't make that much money be such a non factor. He does it. Pretty rare. <laughs> a familiar thing. Another familiar feeling? <laughs> Tobias Harris. Just doing things uh, that Jeff Green does, you know. For $40 million more or right. whatever it is a year. <laughs> uh, so, what do you, so let me ask this question. So, I wanted to pose this to you and Alex. Mm-hmm. And then I, I know there's some questions, some questions that you all, have poster Twitter questions. And so I've only got like 15 minutes, so I won't take long. Dude, I probably, and and part of this is maybe Alex having too much influence uh, over my thunder thinking. 
I don't know what this team. I think you're both right in saying that this team is still a lottery team next year. Yeah, but I don't know how they continue on trying. I don't think they have a chance for a bottom five pick next year without without tremendous misfortune or yeah. a tremendous lottery luck. Right. So either mm-hmm. a season that is legitimately lost because of injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it's going to be something where they have the ninth or 10th best odds and they jump like the Grizzlies. I don't remember what the Grizzlies were when they ended up getting jaw or I don't actually remember what the Pelicans were when they got Zion, but they were both, they actually weren't as bad as, as, as they should have been, which is the flattened odds. But yeah, you know, how do you like, if it, do you think, and I know you have your finger on the pulse of the organization better than most, maybe everybody, uh, so, I mean, is any of this changing? And I'm not saying like overall the goals for Sam. I know what he wants to do. Like he's been very clear about that. But is any of this team's overachieving consistently, um, even though they're not very good, like they're still the fourth worst team in the league. Like I get all mm-hmm. of those things, but they've had to pull some pretty substantial lever to get them to be this bad. Um, whether they're fortunate in the sense of misfortune injuries, mm-hmm. right? Or mm-hmm. if it's just, Hey, we're going to, some of these surgeries are just things that could have waited to the off season, but we're going to go ahead and do it right now. And so I just am asking that question of whether or not you think Sam is at least maybe altering any of his takes or thinking he won't change anything in his thinking, but yeah, what does the future the next two years look like for this team? I guess is the ultimate question. Is Sam changing his mind about any of that? I honestly do not know if he is. If I were to guess, I would say that he is not. Um, I I would think that the plan would still be to build as slowly as possible with this roster. And I don't know exactly what that looks like. Maybe it does involve some kind of trade this summer where you do take a step back with regards to like talent for potential. You know, I don't know if they would trade like Kenrich or Dort or somebody like that this summer in an effort to move up or an effort to acquire another future pick. I don't know if they do that or not, but I would be pretty surprised if they looked at this roster and they'd be like, all right, time to go. You know, I just don't, they're just not, they're not there yet. This is a team that if you press go and you add a couple pieces, like you're in the middle, like welcome to the middle, which is where you're going to be. For the entire life In of this roster, right? So, I, maybe, maybe, like, like without a shocking jump, right, from somebody, right? We we think Shea is a, I would say, like a one point five, right? Yeah, I think we're we're cautiously optimistic that he could be that guy, and there are moments where you see it, um, like his efficiency up until that Timberwolves game on jump shots, um, taking with the defense. He's just, he has some craftiness offensively. That's just astounding. And then to hear Vecini and mention that in the podcast you talked about where he actually was even higher than you were. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's encouraging too, but you're still looking for that generational guy. And so there's part of me that thinks now, if you hit, if you hit this year, if you get the fortune, like everybody's on Tankathon, I did it like four times this morning. <laughs> one time I got one, four times I got seven, you know, yeah. one time I got three. Um, and I'm not, I don't want to get too much into this, but I know you and Alex are firmly in the check corner. I'm mm-hmm. still a Jabari guy. 
I just, okay. I think Jabari is my guy anyway. But so all that to say that if they hit, then, then it could shift some of that next year. But I just, I don't know. I watched this team and without like substantial levers, they're already in the middle. They're not, they're the, they're in the, I mean, they're yes. not that good. They're the yes, worst but, offense in the league, like by far yeah, all season. I just, think, I just think there's part of it. It's because of the intentional roster construction that they would be that way. Like if, if somebody was trying, if, if you had the Wizards franchise mindset with this team yeah, and they thought at the trade deadline, we're going to add blank center or we're going to go out for Miles Turner. Yeah. We're going to go. All of a sudden, this team goes from the fourth worst team and not really. What's crazy too is we y'all talked about this on Wednesday. Is in the West, it's not that far from the middle now, which is abnormal. It's a it's a different season, right? The Lakers are really bad, and they're still in the in the nine seed in the play-in tournament. You know, so it is a little bit closer just this year. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think that there would be a way to pull this team in the middle, which I'm really thankful that Sam doesn't want to do that. But man, it's yeah. hard. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I still don't feel like they're that close. I feel like a lot of people think they're a lot, for whatever reason, we think they're a lot closer than they are. I think they, if they, and if they want to compete for a title, if they, if that's the goal, they are very, very far away. Yeah, with I regards don't to roster construction. If we're talking about competing to get the tenth seed. Like nobody's too far away from that, you know. So, and I think there's maybe somewhere in between is what I'm really thinking about. But I think you're right. I think from a championship contention, which is fine. They're even if they had what they think is their core three, it's still three, four, five years away from that reality, more than likely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I hope you know, and I think their core three. No, 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 no. I think you have two that we feel. (laughs) pretty confident with being yeah. a part of that core. And then I think everything else is an evolution and yeah. Poku. I'm kind of bought back in on the idea of what Poku could be, but there's not a part of me that thinks a generational guy that's waiting in the wings. I'm like, no, he became relatively mediocre basketball player in the last, you know, week or two. Yeah. So anyway, I just have been thinking a lot about the thunder because I'm trying to watch these games and dude, they're it's back to that dog days, man, where it's like, if it wasn't for my specific interest in watching guys like Poku, mm-hmm. and then now because I just kind of like him personally, uh, Lindy Waters, like, yeah. If it wasn't for me wanting to watch those two guys play, I would not be watching this team very well. And Shea like, too. That's what we didn't have last year that we have yeah. now. So we get to watch Shea with these guys. And I mean, honestly, there's just not a lot of NBA talent on the thunder right now, especially like when Trey went out, it's like, Oh boy, you know, that's like Trey's like an NBA bench guy for most teams. Like that's great. But after that, it's like, who's who would on this team besides Shea would play on any playoff roster. This team that's currently playing. Yeah. It's like none, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> like your best bet is maybe Trey Mann, but probably not. He's so inconsistent. Maybe Darius, if they need like a somebody that can defend, 
you know. If yeah, he's actually been relatively surprising to me on in in kind of low post defense. Like I thought he'd decent against Giannis in, yeah. in a few spots, um, which is about as good as you can do against Giannis. Yeah, Giannis uh, still just trucked him. He I know bad. he trucks everybody. Yeah, he's unreal. You watch that game? Were you there in person? Uh huh. What's it like watching a guy like Giannis play in person, like that close? Is he bigger than you even realize? He's a monster. I mean, whenever we have like the hopes of like, man, like maybe Darius could be nope. Giannis, <laughs> or like maybe like Poku could be our Giannis. It's like, do you? I don't think people realize like how big his shoulders are. Like in person, I think. I think you could put two Pokus side by side and it would fit inside, like barely fit inside the width of Giannis. I mean, he is... Like Dwight he, Howard with athleticism, yes, more athleticism. Yes, he's like Dwight Howard with fluidity and he was hitting threes. He's he's way bigger than everybody. He's way more skilled than everybody. It was, he's, he's really something, man. Yeah, he's he is one of one. You know, if you're trying to draft the next Giannis, you are going to have to create him in a laboratory or something. Like, it's just not coming from humanity ever again. (laughs) Right. Right. Oh, gosh. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Well, how much time you got, Jay? I can give you a good 10 minutes. Okay, let's do some some Twitter questions. Twitter questions! All right. Thanks so much, everybody, for sending us your TQs. Our first question comes from at Bangelope. Who is the player with the best vibes in the NBA? She votes for Clay Thompson. Oh, man, it's hard to... That's what's so hard about the Warriors, like being the nemesis that the Thunder had in that 2016, you know, 2015 years. Yeah. They're a really likable team outside of Draymond Green. Yeah, they are. And even like listening to Draymond on his podcast or like on TNT, you're like, oh man, he's actually kind of awesome. Yes. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, everybody goes to like Andy Edwards as well. Um, I really like. Two guys, I think, that are also part of this vibe list. Joel Embiid, I've always loved. Sure. I think he's the best, maybe, troll in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And then I've always, always liked McCollum. Like, just yeah. seems like a genuinely great dude and great teammate. 
If we're talking just straight vibes, I think it's Anthony Edwards. Yeah, <laughs> without question, it's amazing. He is he like he is a vibe himself. He's awesome. So, if you were a Timberwolves fan, would you be? What's your level of excitement for your future? I I, I would be pretty excited for the future. It's going to take some time for them, and they really need to to fill out the role players in the right way. Like they need more shooting around them, but. Like they've got, I don't know if they're championship level, but they're going to be competitive for a long time. Yeah, I like it. Yep. If, if Cat stays healthy and and stays there, you know they'll be they'll be good because yeah, Cat's been awesome. He was great. He's been great against the Thunder. Uh, this one is from at JMS underscore chemist. This is kind of the same question that you asked me earlier. Um, here's the scenario: we get Chet and another solid first rounder next year. The projected starting lineup, Shea, Giddy, Chet, JRE, and Dort. The bench rotation, Ty, Trey, Kenny, Muscala, wh- whoever we get with the Clippers pick, Baisley, small doses of Poku. Um, there's no tanking maneuvers, no rest, no weird lineups or anything like that. Do they get over or under 30 wins? Man, that was the number that popped in my head. As far as like the over under, um, I would say slightly over. Uh, I think under. Man, I don't know. This is just. I think it's it's just two different perspectives on what this team could have been or would be if like. I mean, like if they got like twenty eight wins, like have eight more wins than they do right now. Yeah. I just watched this team beat the Nuggets with like literally Shea and G Leaguers. And I, I watched, know. and I know there's games that they are the quintessential team that you don't take serious. Like, yeah. I get that. Yes. Um, I, I think if they, the if they showed up with a good lineup, I think that Jokic actually would do something. Like, if he was like, oh, there's the number one pick, Chet Holmgren. Maybe. Let me crush him yeah. and show him what it's like to be a good big man in the NBA. Because, like, the next night, Jokic is putting up like 40 and 18, you know, when he played against Isaiah Roby, he just took the night off. I just don't think you're giving Isaiah Roby enough credit. He is, uh, he is absolutely the Jokic killer. So his trade value has skyrocketed for all the teams in the West. He sees Roby's face and he, he sees the baby (laughs) and he thinks, Oh, I just can't hurt this little baby. Uh, apparently, man, it's and Roby's hard. Like, if you were worried about, like, if you played him in a seven game se- against him in a seven game series, no, no, it would have no problem with no. him. You know, yeah. no, 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 no. What I'm trying to say is, like, he's just he's such a guy you don't pay attention to, or it's like he can kind of stretch, he can kind of move around, he's kind of athletic, yeah. And so, and if you're not paying attention to him, you're not really gonna ske- you're not scheming to play against Isaiah Roby. Nope. But if you were, you would. It would be the easiest scheme ever if you actually wanted to. Yeah. Yes, it would be. And I've been the I've been the Roby fan of this podcast. It's true for two years. It's true. And not fan. I mean, I think he is better than Moses Brown. <laughs> He's still better than Moses Brown. That's the extent of my fandom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just they don't play him until. They want to lose. I know <laughs> is a is kind of a thing. So uh, let's see. 
uh, at Ryan Winkle seven. Based on what you've seen so far, what is a realistic percentage? Whoops. What is a realistic percentage likelihood that Lindy Waters is a role player on the next good Thunder team? Asking as a hopeful OSU fan. Man, I don't. Th- I put it at roughly like point zero 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 one percent. Is is around what I would put it at today. Like he has to be Duncan Robinson like shooter for it to work. You know, yeah, and he's what's he twenty one? He's a little yeah, he's a little older. Yeah, and it's. I mean, he would have to, the story would have to be similar to Duncan Robinson's, right? Where it's like a undrafted guy who comes in and just shoots eight or nine threes a game, and he makes forty plus percent. And you're like, we can't keep this guy off the court. He's and mostly shooting off movement, which is why it works for the Heat. And I just don't. I think Lindy's a good shooter. I don't know that he's a great shooter. Yeah, we and it's it's hard. Like, it's super early to truly evaluate him, but knowing what we know about his journey to the NBA, like, if he was some hidden gem of that that kind of Duncan Robinson level, like, I don't know. Surely we would have seen it by now, or heard about it, or or, or see it. And so, and I think he's going to get the best shot he could possibly get in the NBA at this point uh, with the thunder and, and hearing what Mark even says about him, trying to develop him as a holistic basketball player. Like all of that stuff is good. It's just hard, man. I think he lacks athleticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, although he had an awesome block on, a Jordan Clarkson. I don't remember who it was, but yeah, I can't remember who it was. Either. Yeah, though, but it was amazing. Maybe it was Jordan Clarkson, but I think, that's right. I think that, that there's, right. yes, I think right. for the Oklahoma Homerism for all of us, even though I'm, you know, I, I grew up an OU fan, but it's like, this dude's from Norman, went to OSU, and seems like a from like my watching him play basketball. Seems like a relatively hard worker and a good dude. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, so anyway, it's just yeah. one of those things. You hope so, but it's probably very, very, very unlikely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very unlikely. I want it to work. Trust me. I've leaned over to people that work for the Thunder during the game every time he's in. Like, man, I really hope this works. <laughs> you know, I really do hope this works. I don't think it will, but I hope it does. Um, (laughs) At OKC Skittles, is Sam Presti more relieved or sad watching the whole situation with Russell play out, especially considering Presti gave him the contract that he has now? Uh, Relieved. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the Lakers are going to have to trade an asset to – get rid of his contract at this point. Um, so, yeah, he Sam got out at just the right time. He got, yep. I mean, to get assets for Russ, to get the picks and a positive player for Russ, feels Yeah, it was just impossible. the perfect situation. Yeah. He just, he just took advantage of it. It's the same thing he did with the Clippers, right? Like, it's the right time. Yeah. He just is so savvy as a GM, man. It's unbelievable. Um, very good. But he basically capitalized on both GMs in situations where they had to make moves. Uh, Daryl Morey, James Harden wants Russ out. Russ wants out. It's, you know, not that Morey always cares about toxicity, but clearly was trending that direction. All right, we'll we'll take Chris Paul off your hands mm-hmm. and you can take Russ, but we need, you know, what, two picks and a pick swap or something like that. It's insane. And then to be able to, 
in addition to that, you know, the Clippers won, but I mean, it's like they leveraged Kawhi wanting to go there and basically were able to craft a trade for Kawhi and Paul George. Like as if they had these two giant superstars to get that haul they got. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is crazy to think about all that they have. And I know like a lot of people factor in like, oh man, this draft is so important. It's going to like, and it is very important. There's no doubt about that. I don't want to minimize that. But if you think about everything that they still have, and if they can add a big piece in this draft, and then even if they pick like sixth, seventh, eighth, or whatever in the 23 draft, like they may have their core, but there's guys still coming. There's guys that will be that they will have they will have draft picks for a long time yep. trying to figure out what to do with this roster and how to add to it. Yep. Um and they'll be yeah, able the to leverage add pieces. You know? Just those assets. Like it just and we've said this so much, it's obviously going to be white noise to many, but they're not going to add they they literally cannot add every single draft pick to their roster, right? Like they would have no. like roster changeovers. You can't have 45 guys on a roster. You cannot have 45 guys on a roster. So there's going to be a lot of consolidation that goes forward to get up. I think this year you could really see that. I don't know what the Suns pick value is ultimately going to be like 30th. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a second basically. But could you do a Clippers Suns pick to move up from 15 or 16 wherever the Clippers lands to 12 or 11 if if somebody's there that you like, um, yeah. you know, there's there's just tons of options or a future Clippers first or, you know, a protected Houston, you know, f- that Houston pick. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. There's just options for them to move up and get the guys they want because of the flexibility. Now, I think the the misconception, though, is the fact that like, well, they have all these assets. They should be able to move from four to one. It's like nobody gives away the number one pick. Yeah. Now, this year is potentially a year where there could be that opportunity since there's such you know a divided idea about between Paolo uh Paolo Jabari even Jaden Ivey or if Shaden Sharp jumps in and he starts shocking people and so mm-hmm. like there is this space where this year if you did get four and you wanted two uh there's a chance actually I think this chance this year more than anybody because if you have somebody like Orlando that doesn't necessarily need the guy that lands at him but would take a Jaden Ivey or whoever mm-hmm. like I could see something like that happening but yeah. For the most part, it's. Re- I mean, we noticed from last year. Like, I can't imagine that Sam didn't try to get up and get Mobley. I mm-hmm. can't imagine that he didn't. Yeah, but the yeah. price was outrageous. I'm assuming. Yeah, as it should have been. Yeah, in this draft, I, we don't even have any clue who the Thunder have number one on their board. No, nope. like, we have no idea. And I can't imagine it's not Chet, but they could be at four and be like, "Great, Ivy's our number one guy." The whole time, yeah. You know, that's the guy that we wanted. This is perfect. We don't even have to expend any assets. We get the guy that we wanted. Yeah, I've had three draft experts on the Dream Team show over the last month, and each one has given... I've had somebody say that they like Chet the best, Paolo the best, and Jaden Ivey the best. So there's no real consensus no. as to who's the best guy in this draft. You can... And it's it's good and bad. It's... It shows right, that there's because probably, there's not the elite guy. Yeah, right? there's there's not a gen, there's probably not a generational guy in this draft, um, which is not great. However, I think it makes it easier if OKC doesn't get lucky for them to to move up 
You know, I do but think. But it does feel like, so I will say this, and then I do have to leave here. But I do yeah. think there's not a for sure, not a for sure, nobody's ever a for sure, but pretty confident Zion was going to be. I think Cade, people felt that way. Anthony Davis, like you can go mm-hmm. further down. Mm-hmm. But I do think if there's anybody that has the the generational ceiling, it's Chet. He's got, uh, a, and that's the that's yeah. the reason you would pull that trigger. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think Jaden Ivey's got a good chance of being a, a very good pro. He reminds me a little bit of Ja Morant, but I there's think there's definitely I just some Jaw there. He definitely looks like Jaw. Yeah, I think that's probably more <laughs> what it is. Like he's got kind of the longer hair, and he kind of if he shaved his head, that, would the Jaw comparison happen as much? I know, but he's got a little bit of that scuttlebutt, like that kind of the way he plays, super aggressive, seems high energy, yeah. kind of like Jaw. And Jaw is I, so we're, and now I really do have to go. But Andrew and I are both going to be at the game on Sunday night when the Grizzlies come to town. Yeah. And it's like this is we become those fans where it's like, hey man, I literally live and die for the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh-huh. but I am really far more <laughs> jacked to watch the Grizzlies play on Sunday night. I know, I am too. Uh, I've had. I was like, I got to take my kids to go see John Morant. Like they have to. My mm-hmm. nine and my my three year old won't remember it at all. But like my nine and seven year olds, like you got to. Mm-hmm. We got to take and, them to see John live, guys. And I'll I'll never forget getting to see Desmond Bain's short arms in person. That's right. We get to see it, a it's T-Rex super noticeable in real life. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> he really does have short arms. He does. All right, I gotta gotta go. Thanks all everybody right. for your questions, Andrew. It's all you, man. See you, Jay. We did. All right, let's answer some more questions from Twitter. Our next question comes from Rob Whitrock. He wants to know, on Earth, are there more doors or are there more wheels? Wow. I've never thought about this ever. Uh, I guess more wheels, but there's an awful lot of doors. I'm thinking about the amount of doors in my house. I definitely have more doors in my house than I have wheels. So I guess I'll go with doors. You think of like high-rise buildings, right? There's an awful lot of cars. At Dortpoi, who are you rooting for in the West play-in? I am rooting for... I want the Timberwolves in. Right now it would be Timberwolves Clippers. Give me the Timberwolves to get... The seventh seed. Like Timberwolves Grizzlies would be really fun. That would be a really fun series. And then the Clippers would play the winner of Pelicans Lakers. Give me a Lakers Clippers play in game. And I would certainly prefer the Lakers to win that game and the Clippers bounce out and into the lottery. Give me that. That's what I'm rooting for. That's the scenario I want. And then you have Lakers Suns and the Suns embarrass the Lakers. That's that's what I want. That's what I want. Uh, all right. Next question from Zach Deeg. Say OKC lands in the five to eight range. Thoughts on actually trading back. Trading back. Oh boy. To the nine to fifteen range to add assets, then cash in some chips. Um to move up in a much better 23 draft, come away with two top 10 picks in that loaded draft and still have assets going forward. The problem is just assuming you can move up in the 23 draft, I think is, is not the right move. Uh, I think that you have, that's why you have to rely on your own picks 
is because you can't you can't reasonably rely on other teams screwing up, especially in a draft that everybody knows is loaded, where bad teams are going to be less likely to move those picks because everyone's going to talk about how great this draft is. Like, oh, well, we can't move our pick. We can't do that. we got to take whoever's there. I mean, so I think you take who is ever in the five to eight range. And there's there's some guys I'm warming up to in that range. Like if Shaden Sharp's in that range, Sam will have the guts to take him if, if he thinks he's the best guy. A.J. Griffin, I'd rather have him than trade back. The problem with like the 15 range is one, you already have a pick in that range. Two, goodness, like who's like where's the the real like swing for the fences talent? Like it's just not there. Like you got the two Baylor guys, Kendall Brown, Jeremy Sohan, like those aren't swing for the fences guys. They've got some potential, certainly. Um I don't know, like Dyson Daniels. Like, I don't know, is that that doing anything for you? That's where I'm just like Mark Williams is in that range. I don't know, man. Uh, this draft, it gets pretty flat pretty fast. And so to take two guys in the flattened range, I would be scared to. Whenever like there's clear talent in a Shaden Sharp, AJ Griffin, Keegan Murray's got a ton of talent. You know, Johnny Davis, who's struggled recently, but like he's still got a ton of talent. Like I would lean more toward those guys than I would feel comfortable taking somebody else. And I just would trust Sam and his team scouting at this point to gain an advantage because in a lot of years, there's just talent all over the place. In this draft, I I think that there's going to be pockets of talent. I think there is going to be a pocket of talent in the mid first round. That's just not, it, it is that's where it's like a slot machine. It's like the Poku slot machine there where you're either win the prize or you lose your life savings. <laughs> you know, that's what's going to happen in the middle of the first round. Um, so I'd rather pick toward the top. They did a great job getting Josh where they did. Let's, I'd rather give them a chance to do that again than trade back and have, it's just, it's just way more uncertain, Right. And everything with the draft is uncertain, like everything. But thinking you can trade up is, is, I think, might be a little bit foolish. Today's episode is brought to you by Giorgio Armani Aqua Di Gio Parfum, a long-lasting and deeply intense men's fragrance that captures the powerful sensations of nature. The woody aquatic scent features notes of bergamot, clary sage, and patchouli, which create an intensity that is vibrant and aromic. Discover more at GiorgioArmaniBeauty.com. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom 
Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Uh, at Sticky Wizard zero zero has Baisley reached close to his ceiling? His offensive game doesn't really have to do with how well he plays. He does the same three things: spin, long stride reverse, jab step three every single game. I think it'd be it more has to do with if the other team watched film with him at all. M and peed, miffed and peed. Um. He still needs to, like you said, like he's he's got to be a guy. Like he, we've talked about it all season. Like he needs to be on the Jeremy Grant plan, where it's like, hey, you defend the rim, you rebound, and then you shoot corner threes and you clean up around the basket. And I think that's where he's going to be because he's not a good offensive player. That he's just not. And if he's ever going to be a rotation player for a good team, he just has to hit corner threes. Period. He has to. And if he can't, I just don't know that he's an NBA player or more than like your ninth or tenth guy that you just have on the roster because he's athletic and he has a really good agent, and that might be it. Uh, at Brighton Schmidt, let's say five in five or six years, the Thunder are competing for a championship. Who do we get as our Derek Fisher, the old vet who can come in and make a difference for this team? The hope is that you don't have to rely on a guy like Derek Fisher like the Thunder did years ago, that you have enough first-round picks to be able to trade for like a real, real rotation player and that you don't have to count on a bought-out Derek Fisher. Now, if you're going to imagine somebody who could still be in the league then that's super old... Um, like if Kyle Lowry's still in the league, that would be a really fun one uh, years from now. Uh, I'm trying to think of anybody else that would be fun to have as a old man to come in here and play big minutes. I mean, that's the only name that comes to mind. But again, the hope is that you can bring in a guy who's in his like 32 and ready to contribute and cost a first rounder. And you've got plenty of them. So that's part of why you stockpile picks, too, is not just for the draft, but for team-building purposes when you have the team that you like. Uh, Let's see. At Midnight Ross, uh, if it's impossible to tank next year, and Presti realizes, realizes it, who's still on this team? It's impossible to tank. We can go down that road. We've been talking about that quite a bit. Uh, but we can talk about it a little bit more. Who's definitely on the team if they're trying to win? Let's say they're like, hey, let's go for the play-in. We just think that we've got a competitive group, and we want to get them at least a, a taste of what a, a playoffs or a play-in could look like. So Shea, Dort, Giddy, definitely. Kenrich, Trey. JRE, Wiggins, for sure. 
Poku is still going to be on the team. Whether or not he's in the competitive portion of the team, I don't know. Uh, Darius will likely be here. And then... I mean, that's the only guys I feel super confident about. So, Shea, Dort, Giddy, Darius, Wiggins, Jeremiah, Kenrich, Trey, Poku. That's nine. That's probably the guys. And then everybody else, like, are they going to bring back Roby? And what do they do with favors this summer? Ty Jerome, same question. Do they feel confident enough in Veet and what he's done? Lindy. Maladone, you know, I guess Mascala, maybe that's 10. Mascala will probably be back. So, and I'm naming 10 guys that will likely be back anyways, regardless of what the plan is. And this is a, this is a 20 win team as of today. I just don't, I'm still just of the mind that they're just not going to be competitive next season. So I may be wrong. I've been wrong plenty of times. Uh, let's see. At Jam or Rudd, Jam O Rudd, I don't know. Uh, which is more miserable, cheering for losses from a team that's too good to tank, or cheering for wins from a team that's too bad to win? Dude, I've been here before. We've been here. We've had both scenarios in Oklahoma City, right? And it's without a doubt, this is the this is the mellow year of the thunder where they were too bad to win. And there were, I remember a specific game they lost to the Celtics in Boston where they, they had the game in the bag and I can't remember what the circumstances were. I'm sure some of you guys do, but like Mello like basically gave the game away and it was maddening. <laughs> that, that team was tough. That was the, is this fun debate year for the podcast? And it was not fun. And it's way worse than than this has been. Because in your head, when the team wins games, like when they won that game against Denver or they won that game in New York, you're like, can you can you really be that mad? Like I was probably pretty mad about the Denver win, but the one at MSG where it's Giddy and Trey Mann winning you games, like how mad can you actually be? I don't know. You can't be that mad. You can't be that mad about it. So it's definitely when your team is trying to go for it and you're still like the seventh seed or whatever and you have the talent of the second seed and you're just it's that's miserable. Because there's no like justification for it. You can at least justify like, oh, they picked the right guys in the draft. Woohoo, you know. Whatever. Uh let's see. We'll do a couple more. Um, Alex Bullerjack wants to know, would you rather have two left feet or two left hands? Definitely feet. Uh, although I would not enjoy that. Um, but two left hands, I, I couldn't, I don't, couldn't live my life that way. I'd be miserable. Uh, let's see. Lots of good questions here. <laughs> At snake shooting wants to know the best kind of juice. He's a big cranberry fan. Uh, I'm a big orange juice guy, especially if it's fresh squeezed. There's actually a a Sam's Club over here off May Avenue that has 
I don't know if it's still there or not. I haven't been there in a minute. But they had they would they had like real oranges on site that they were just fresh squeezing in this machine and they would create this just incredible orange juice. And it's the best. It's the very best. Shout out to the uh orange juice maker at Sam's Club. Uh let's see. Uh at Wit C T after looking at the Athletics 40 under 40, I'm wondering if there's anyone in OKC's franchise behind the scenes that you think deserves some more shine. Presley deserves his credit, but he's not working alone. Yeah, I mean, the guy, Will Dawkins is a guy that they mentioned on there. He's been with the organization forever and was hired as basically a guy right, right out of college. And he's tremendous. There are a lot of guys. Oh, I, you're you were right, and I don't I don't even know if Sam enjoys positioning himself as like the guy for this team. Maybe he does. I really have no idea. Uh, however, he's got a team of of guys that are incredible. In fact, like the first time I ever met Sam in person was at where was I? It was in Yukon. The they did the blue and white scrimmage at Yukon High School, which is now Yukon Middle School. But it was the high school back then and they played the blue and white game there and I saw Sam outside and he was he was walking along and I ran up to him and wanted to introduce myself to him and he immediately introduced me to the other guys in the front office that were with him. He was like, "Oh, have you met so-and-so or do you know who so-and-so is? And he was like very much like all about like making sure that people knew who these other guys were. So um, there's, there's the credit, the credit starts with Sam, honestly, and it starts with ownership, but there are a lot of brilliant people that work for the thunder and Sam is a big reason why. He finds the right people. I mean, they found Mark Degnall, like buried under a rock. You know, think of, I mean, you just think about the journey that he's had to take. Um, it's pretty remarkable. Remarkable? It's pretty remarkable to think about the journey that he's taken and how many other teams would have recognized a guy like Mark and brought him in and made him their head coach. It's not very many teams that would do that. I mean, you think about the guys who have been recently hired, like a Chauncey Billups. Not that hard to identify that Chauncey Billups has like a, you know, a good head on his shoulders when it comes to basketball. Uh, you're talking about a guy that wasn't even like a top assistant at Florida, who they just they offered him the blue job and came up here. They developed him. I mean, we think about the Blue as a as a team that develops players, but they've certainly developed coaches too. And they've developed a guy up to the level of an NBA coach. Now that's Sam's vision. You know, it was very unique. And most teams just don't do this. Most teams don't do it. And he does the same thing with front office people. Um, he identifies the right kind of people, the right kind of talent. And it's not just basketball talent. It's throughout the organization. It's it's a very impressive group. There's no doubt about that. 
Uh, let's see. We'll go maybe a couple more. Um, at CS1701406. Does Shea's recent play make you even slightly consider trading Josh for a more offensive-oriented player? Does not. We have to stop doing this as a fan base. We did this with Shea whenever Giddy was playing well. Now we're doing it with Giddy when Shea plays well. Listen, let's just enjoy them both. Eventually, we will enjoy them both. I don't know if it'll be this season. We are waiting on an update on Josh's status on his hip. Uh, I hope that he plays, but the answer is both. We need both. They want multiple ball handlers in the offense. They don't just want one. They've made that clear, and it's both. That's the answer to that one. Uh, let's see. At Kiwi Thunderfan, are we concerned with the growth of Roby? Not the growth of his game, but physically. He's jacked in his big boy body, but his face has not hit puberty yet. And I can't unsee that he has a baby's face. He does. He's got a baby face. He really does. Um, am I concerned? Slightly. Slightly concerned. Uh, all right. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Stay safe out there. Thankful that we get to watch sports. We get to watch this team. Still a couple days off for the Thunder. We get to watch them Sunday against the Grizzlies. So enjoy that. Then they have a back-to-back where they play the uh, Charlotte Hornets in town as well. So, all right. Thanks so much. We will talk to you guys again on Monday.